Hey guys, happy April 16th. Yesterday we talked about 9-11 and I uh, hope that you learned a lot. So today I'm going to take you to what's going to happen after 9-11 and I'm going to get you into December of 2001 and then the next couple of weeks we'll get into um, the next few years following following 9-11. So I asked you in preparation for this podcast to you know, really think about a couple of questions. And and first, what I want to start with is a living experience versus history. Um, for you all, even those that you that were born in 2001, this is all history. You don't remember um, this. For me, uh, I, and I, yes, I have dated myself before. I remember exactly where I was the day this happened. Uh, I was getting ready to go to my 9.30 class and me and my friend or my friend and I, we didn't have the same class, but we would, uh, this was in college, we would walk because uh, we had a class in the same building. And I remember standing, literally I remember standing in her doorway waiting for her um, to come out and turn, seeing the TV on in the background and just kind of standing and staring. And then I remember all of us kind of looking at each other like, well, do we go to class? So everyone went to class. Pretty much, I was at SMU, pretty much um, classes were shut down that day. And it, it was just this kind of numb feeling of, really? Did this really happen? And I don't know if that's kind of how people felt when Pearl Harbor happened. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, very, very vivid memory of, of this all happening. Um, for you all, uh, I would say probably maybe... maybe closest similarity you have is, um, right now what we're, what we're experiencing with being in a a lockdown quarantine situation. Like this is something, you know, if you're keeping a diary or a journal, like those are primary sources of what, what you're going through and, and your kids, you know, even, even kids that are being born right now, this will be history, not living experience, it'll be history. And so I, I like to start with that because views of Al Qaeda have been impacted with the rise of ISIS, which we will get to eventually. And, uh, that's really important because, you know, as long as I've been teaching almost 20 years, a lot of students just naturally mix up Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein or ISIS and Al Qaeda. Very, 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 different. And so hopefully with all of these podcasts and learning that although this is not, you weren't alive for all of this, this will really help you be more articulate and really truly understand the state of the world. Um, so something else I asked you to think about is did 9-11 promote a sense of purpose and unity? And is that gone today? Um, speaking, no, I don't know what you found on the web if you Googled this, but for the purpose and unity, yeah, I mean, this we were nationalistic, that Democrats and the Republicans, believe it or not, got along. We all wanted the same thing immediately to defeat terrorism. And, and it was this American pride. Is that gone today? That's definitely an opinion question. So I look forward to reading your answers. Um, the other question I asked is, is it harder to understand how a, a terrorist attack can bring people together today? Like as a 18 year old, 19 year old, do y'all find it hard to believe that a terrorist attack would bring people together? I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I wish we could have this conversation face to face because this did, 9-11 did bring us, bring us together. Uh, I asked my advisees yesterday is, you know, what's, what's one thing that, you know, is, is going to be different going back to school or just being back, you know, quote unquote normal and kind of across the board. And these are freshmen, right? So I was not expecting any deep answers, but I kind of was surprised when they were like, you know, just 
kind of cherishing like, okay, we're going out to lunch. Oh my gosh, we're going out to lunch. Like that's a big deal. That that's what I'm talking about. That's living history. That you tell, you tell a kid in 15 years that they're going to look at you like you're a crazy person, like neat, you went out to lunch, but all of this, it impacts, impacts us, um, moving forward. Um, you know, just having this, this historical perspective, you know, when we talked about the sixties and the seventies, I told you that during the sixties and the seventies, airplane hijackings were almost once per week globally. Um, nine 11 killed about 10 times as many people than any other terrorist attack in American history. That's incredible, right? Um, you know, and so move, moving forward, I, I want you to think about how this moment, how it not only changed America, but it transformed the world. All right. I also asked you to look at um, the myth, mytho, mythological Greek figure, Cassandra. And I don't know if you were able to find her on Wikipedia, but basically she was cursed by the gods to see the future and to see like what disasters were coming and warn people. But the, the part of her curse was that she would never be believed. That is my point of this web of warnings, this, this weaving of signals and clues. And yes, we're looking back at this, you know, 10 plus years later. So yeah, I can sit here and be like, oh my gosh, how did you not assume that, you know, a, a mosque is calling in, I don't care who it is, but, a, but a, a group that's wanting, you know, hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammo per week, or, you know, I don't care who you are. If you're, if you're taking flight classes and you don't care about landing, that's problematic to me. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, immediately following nine 11, um, we'll take you to the situation room, uh, Rumsfeld pushed for attacking Iraq. Bush wanted to attack Afghanistan as retribution for the Taliban harboring, uh, Osama bin Laden next week's zoom class meeting. We will be debating the invasion of Iraq. And I'm very excited to hear what y'all have to say about that. So let's go to Afghanistan, uh, 9-11 Afghanistan. We, I've, I've t- told you about Afghanistan with the Taliban. It's, I mean, horrific living conditions. Um, Afghans as a whole, they, they don't know what the World Trade Center is. I mean, I think the closest thing you could compare it to are there were these two like massive colossal Buddha statues um, that the Taliban had blew, blew up six months earlier. But they don't, they have no idea what this is. They don't have phones or TVs or Wikipedia. Um, how they found out was actually through the radio and the two main stations that they got was Voice of America and the BBC. And there was an immediate threat. And there's actually documentation from journalists that were in Afghanistan. So this is, this is, um, I, um, please know I have checked, you know, a decent amount of primary reliable sources, but there's this immediate fear that America is going to retaliate for harboring Osama bin Laden. Uh, and the Taliban made it very clear. I mean, like I have some images online, you know, I hope you're, you're taking the time to look at the, the, the notes that go with these podcasts, but the Taliban are like driving through the streets of Kabul, basically saying, we are not turning Osama bin Laden in. Part of the Afghan tradition is that if a person comes to your home, you don't turn and tell them to go. Um, September 12th, 2001, the very next day at 9 p.m., the Taliban foreign minister broke curfew and he called a 9 p.m. press conference. And this press conference was at the Intercontinental Hotel. And he reiterated this loyalty to Osama bin Laden. Basically, he's saying, look, there's no proof. He's being accused, but prove it. And also, he was a friend during the Soviet-Afghan War. Um, within that, this first week of 9-11, which happened on Tuesday, uh, all foreigners left or were kicked out of Afghanistan. 
September 18, 2001, Bush signed into law a joint resolution authorizing the use of force against those that were responsible for 9-11. This will also be used moving forward for rationale for uh, eavesdropping on citizens and then the detention camp at Guantanamo Bay, which we will also talk about the end of April. October 7, 2001. Operation Enduring Freedom. This is the uh, invasion, American-led, but uh, other allies are with us, invasion of Afghanistan. The early phase basically was just airstrikes, and this was to destroy, to break down the Taliban for keeping Osama bin Laden. The first wave of conventional ground forces arrived about 12 days later. I'm going to do an entire day on these first uh, conventional forces because they're so incredibly fascinating. If you saw 12 strong, or if you read the book, horse, horse soldiers, I recommend read the book over the movie. The movie is in my opinion is not very good. Um, incredible story and in- just incredible story. Um, so November, 2001, uh, there is a battle at Mazar-e-Sharif. Um, this is against general Rasid Dostum and, um, our forces have allied with him and the Taliban quickly, quickly, quickly unravel um, at this battle. We will be talking about this battle more in depth. I'm kind of giving you an overview and then next week we'll break it down more. Uh, the UN Security Council calls for Resolution 1378, which basically calls for creating role, um, like in establishing a transitional government and, and inviting other countries and forces to come in and pro- promote stability and offer aid for this this new Taliban's gone. We need a new Afghanistan. So this is the fun part. Um, December 2001, uh, the CIA traced Osama bin Laden to the Tora Bora cave system. And if you go back um, a couple months ago when I first showed you this cave system, it's phenomenal. This is what, what bin Laden built um, during the Soviet-Afghan war. If you forgot, pause this, pull that up. Um, and I asked for your for you to do for homework. Was this battle one of the most important actions in the first phase of the Afghan war? Um, Osama bin Laden, we cornered him, but he got away. So Gary Bernstein, he is the commander of the CIA in eastern Afghanistan. And basically, he's requesting a, a large American military team um, to go after bin Laden. Um, he did not get his team because this was so early in the war, uh, that, you know, we need time to plan. Like, is this really right? So basically he is able, and, and just so you know, there are, there's military in Afghanistan. Two of the main leaders in Afghanistan at this time of American troops are Colonel John Mulholland and General Mattis. But, but basically there's no permission. And so what Bernstein has given is 14 special forces guys, uh, eventually 40 Delta guys join, um, with his language skills and some money, he's able to convince Afghan warlords to give him 2000 Afghan warriors. Um, so basically he has, he don't even have 60 Americans to go up against bin Laden and his buds. Um, it's called the Battle of Tora Bora. Uh, the other big problem is that Pakistan did not seal the border. So although although most of bin Laden's top dudes are killed at this point, Osama bin Laden limps out and he makes his way into Pakistan. So I just think it's a fascinating thing to think about. If Bernstein had gotten the military, would this have ended America's largest Longest, sorry, longest war. Um, December 5th, 2001, 
major Afghan Afghan leaders, mostly from Massoud's group, the Northern Alliance, they actually are flown to Bonn, Germany. And basically with this, at this um, conference, uh, the UN passes another resolution, 1383, which basically is saying that Hamid Karzai will be the interim administration head of uh, this new Afghanistan. And there'll be an international peacekeeping force to keep security in Kabul. December 8th of 2001, the Taliban regime is officially over. Mullah Amar, the head of the Taliban, has fled. But very important is that um, Al-Qaeda members, Taliban members, they're still lurking around in the Afghan uh, mountains. And so that's really important moving forward of how long uh, Americans are in Afghanistan and who are they fighting with if Taliban has fallen. So with that... I hope you're happy and healthy and learning and keep making good choices. I'll talk to you soon.